Hey, this is Pastor John Ryan Cantu from Numa Church in Houston, Texas. Thank you for listening to the message today. I hope that it blesses you and all those that you share it with. God bless you. Happy Memorial Day weekend, a.k.a. National Miss Sunday weekend. Oh, man. There's, there's really two main seasons where, where the church has to compete, and that's summer and, and the holidays. Um, but I praise God because, you know, you know pastors want to see a, a, a full house all the time, you know. But, but more than that, it doesn't matter if, if, if the attendance is lower as long as the spirit of worship and that atmosphere of worship is present, you know. Um, that you can... You can you can be small and, and pack, a, pack a punch, amen? And so more than anything, I, I just want us here this morning uh, to, be, to be ready for the word of God, to be, to be hungry for more of God and, and, and hungry for a move of the Holy Spirit because he is here, right? He is in this place and um, he is, he's moving. He wants to speak, amen? Are we ready to receive this morning? Amen? Praise God. It's, uh, it's, it's good to be in the house of God. And, and this morning, I want to... You know, I, I kind of struggled with this with this this sermon, and, and and usually when I struggle with the sermon, you know, it's really just a hundred percent God just saying, "All right, I'm going to make you feel weak this week, um, uh, so that so that I can I can I can speak and 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 your my strength can be seen through your weakness." Um, and that's, that's often what, what happens when, when I prepare a message and I'm like, man, God, I don't know about this one. Um, he, he usually surprises us. And so I don't know who this word is for this morning, but I imagine it's for somebody. And if you would, if you have your Bibles this morning, I'm going to ask that you turn uh, to the book of Job chapter two, Job chapter two. We're going to read nine verses here, uh, one through nine, Job two, one through nine. And if you have it, you can. Give me a good amen to make sure you're, you're awake. Anybody awake this morning? Amen. Praise God. Anybody got some Memorial Day plans tomorrow? Chilling? Hanging out? No? I don't want to talk about it. We'll talk about it later. All right. All right. You got it? Job chapter 2, verses 1 through 9. This is going to be a heavy word this morning. It says this, it says, again, there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord and Satan also came to present himself before the Lord. And the Lord said to Satan, from where have you gone? Satan answered to the Lord and said, from going to and fro on the earth and from walking up and down on it. And the Lord said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job? It kind of makes you not want to be a servant if God's just going to be voluntelling, Right. Have you considered my servant Job that there is none like him on earth, a blameless and upright man who fears God and he turns away from evil? He still holds fast his integrity, although you incited me against him to destroy him without reason. And then Satan answered to the Lord and said, skin for skin, all that a man has, he will give for his life. But stretch out your hand and touch his bone and flesh and he will curse you to your face. And the Lord said to Satan, behold, he is in your hand, only spare his life. And so Satan went out from the presence of the Lord and struck Job with loathsome sores from the sole of his foot to the crown of his head. And he took a piece of broken pottery with which to scrape himself while he sat in the ashes. And then his wife said to him, his, his Proverbs 31 woman here said, do you still hold fast your integrity, curse God and die? I'm just kidding. That is not what Psalms 
31 says, don't be that. But he said to her, you speak as one of the foolish women would speak. Shall we receive good from God and shall we not receive evil? And all this Job did not sin with his lips. Amen. Let's go to God in prayer this morning. Heavenly Father, we thank you, my God, for for today. Father, we thank you for bringing us here into your presence, Father God, to experience you, to have a moment with you, Father God. But more than that, my God, be changed by you because we don't want to come in here, my God, and leave the same week after week after week, Father God. We want to come in here, my God, and be restored, my God, be renewed, Father God, be strengthened, Father God. And I pray that that is what your word does this morning, Father God. I pray that as we are ready to receive, Father God, you are ready to give. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 So, um, you know, I, wanting to wanting to preach uh, this this week I, with everything that happened, you know, it was a very emotional week for, for the country, um, especially those in, in Uvalde, those who um, lost loved ones. Right. Um, little kids whose lives were taken away at the hand of evil. Um, two teachers, I believe it was, uh, who, you know, thought they were going in for for just another day at work uh did not expect what would happen um and and we need to you know as a church we just need to continue praying for those those families please don't don't forget i know it's easy to you know once all the hype is is done um we kind of just let our 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 prayers kind of fade away but but they need prayer you know week after week and 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 they're going they are entering probably what is going to be the most difficult season of their lives and and um, so, so, so continue to pray for those, those families and that whole community that God would just bring about an immense amount of, of peace and, and, and comfort. Um, you know, times like this, unfortunately, it, it, they, bring, they bring division more than they should bring unity, right? Um, because the first thing that begins to happen is we immediately begin hearing from, you know, two sides of, of the political coin. And, and, you know, people are very passionate and they they yell and they write in all caps on Facebook and and uh, you know sincerely so I think everybody desires the best outcome even though we may often disagree on how to arrive at that and I know that that can be frustrated uh, and divisive but a deeper question that kind of gets tossed around and I'm exposed to it as a pastor I think we get more of these types of questions anytime something traumatic happens um, it, it it centers around the goodness of God because people can't make sense of, of, of how a God whom we claim is good and all powerful can allow evil to happen. It's a very common question in our world. Very common. You've probably heard it millions of times before. And if you're strong in your faith, like I believe many of you are, maybe this question doesn't really phase you as much. Maybe you have learned how to trust in God. Maybe you have learned, you know, life happens and things are going to happen, but God is good. And injustice can come into your life and you're still going to say God is good. Evil can happen and you're going to still say God is all powerful. God is all capable. But there's so many people who don't have that strength. Most people don't. And many people who are Christians have not arrived at that, at that strength and the level of their faith yet. And so they wrestle with this problem of evil. And so a lot of times what happens is, is people get presented these questions. Well, how, how can you say God is good when he allowed 
these innocent children to be taken at the hand of evil. How can you sit there and say that God is good? Or if you say that hey, he is good, how can you say that he is all powerful? And a lot of times we don't have the answers because we don't dare ask ourselves the question. But this is a question that has been asked for centuries, centuries. The Epicureans, whom Paul debated in, in, in Acts chapter 17, you can read about the Epicureans, but they were asking these types of questions since before the time of Jesus. Epicurus was a Greek philosopher. He taught that the highest state a person could reach was absolute peace. And one of the ways to reach absolute peace is without God. That's what he believed. And so he presented in his time a series of questions known now as the Epicurean paradox to get us away from God. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to present these questions to you. Okay, you ready? I have them on the screen if you, could, if you could go to the next slide. This is what Epicurus said. He says, is God willing to prevent evil but not able? Well, then he is not omnipotent. Is he able but not willing? Well, then he's malevolent. Is he both able and willing? Well, then... Where does evil come from? Why is there evil? Is he neither able nor willing? Then why call him God? It's not up there, but okay. But you, you heard it. <laughs> and the same people, not the same people, but, but, but the, same, uh, the same questions still get asked today. All right, well, if, if he's all good, why allow evil? And, and they, they, they make it personal. They say, well, you as a father, would you, do, would you allow evil to happen in the lives of your children? No, you wouldn't because you're a good dad. They, 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 they try to make it personal. And, and, and we have to realize that these types of questions so many people deal with, and because they don't have the answers, they fall away from their faith. They follow, or something traumatic happens in their life that they cannot make sense of. And they wonder, why did God not step in and, and, and do something? I don't know about you, but I, I often get the questions, why do we pray? Why do we, why do we cover our kids in the blood of, of Jesus and we ask God to protect them if God is still going to allow them to be harmed? Does, does prayer really work? Heavy stuff, heavy stuff this morning. I'm sorry, but I mean, we have to be okay with having these conversations in the church. Um, because, because too often they happen outside the church around not good counsel and the people that are answering these questions shouldn't be answering the questions, right? But, but, but they ask the questions because they're, people are afraid to ask them in church and we have to break that culture. We have to break that culture and begin to be able to ask uncomfortable questions so that we can get to some answers. And I, I wanted to title the sermon before anything else. I wanted to title it all good. Somebody say that this morning. All good. And can we declare that? That God is good all the time. We believe that. How many of you actually believe that? Okay. You've experienced the goodness of God. I've said this many times. I will say it many times over. Our version of good comes nothing close to the moral perfection that is in God. Okay. We have to start there. We have to start there. We don't really know what good is apart from God. Okay? So we have to begin with, with, with the knowledge of knowing that our version of good comes nothing close 
to what God is. And the moment we begin to think that, that we know what good is and God does not know what good is, that is the moment that we begin to create ourselves as God. I, you know, if we think that our moral compass is superior to that than God's, we're, we're never going to be able to find peace in knowing that God is, is good. But we don't know how to be good apart from God. We do not know how to. We can do good things. We can do nice things and kind things. And that comes from being image bearers of God. We can have good intentions, but we don't know how to be good. We don't know how to be good. You don't have to, you don't have to teach a child how to lie. They just, it just comes natural to them. When, when people are uncomfortable, they want to hide their shame like Adam and Eve did with fig leaves. They don't even know why. They don't even know why or what they're ashamed of, but they're ashamed of something that they want to cover up. That is our nature. Meaning we cannot be good. And yet it seems like the ones who don't have God in their lives are the ones who judge God the most for not being good. We live in a world that has tried to hijack morality. I'm going to say that again. We live in a world and a society that has tried to hijack morality. And, and so if something doesn't fit the world's version of morality, well, then that thing is evil. And so think about it. A world that believes that transgenderism is beautiful, that homosexuality is natural, a world that believes sex outside of marriage is, is totally normal. Look, if, if, if the world heard me saying these statements, they would call me homophobic, transphobic, and old-fashioned. They would hate me for it. I'd be on the news. Numa Church would be canceled, right? Because, of, uh, of, because, because a world like this will look at the word of God with contempt and decide that, that a God that goes against society's version of morality cannot be moral. And so, so when someone questions the goodness of God and they say, well, how can you call God good? I immediately wonder whose version of good are you asking about? See, we believe that God is good apart from society's morality. We believe that God is good in the midst of disaster caused by things that we cannot control. We believe that God is, is good even when another human does harm to others. And these are things that the world simply cannot understand. And maybe you're asking, Pastor, why, 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 are, you, uh, why are you preaching to the choir this morning? Th- th- this morning, you know, if, if anyone is struggling with these types of questions, I, I just I want you to understand that God is good in this evil world. And if, if you know that already, I want, you to, I want you to be able to answer these types of questions when they're asked. So this is kind of like an apologetics type of preaching, okay? Because so many times we as Christians, we get, we get stumped with the world's toughest questions because we never ask them ourselves. This week, um, I got a phone call from, from Brother Andrew. Um, and I love Andrew, man. When he calls, we always have good conversations. Um, but uh, he calls me from work. Andrew, by the way, is a top salesman at, at the Jeep dealership that he works at. If you ever need a Jeep, go to him. Use coupon code uh, MyNuma Church. <laughs> See if that works. <laughs> uh, but, he, <laughs> but he calls me up 
And, and, and he's like, he's like, pastor, I got a coworker here and, and, and we're, we're talking. We, he's got some questions. And, and, and so I'm like, man, let me just call my pastor. So he puts me on the phone with this guy I've never talked to before, a stranger. And, and we're talking about some of the deepest conversations uh, one could have. But I, I appreciate it. I really did appreciate that. Um, and so I begin to talk to this guy. And, and, and you know, he, he begins saying, look, I, I, believe in, I believe in something. I believe in a higher power. He says, I believe in God. He's kind of maybe dabbled with, with some different ideologies and religion. But he, he believes in, in something. And he, but, but he tells me, he asks me this question. He's like, I don't understand prayer. I don't understand how y'all view prayer. He says, because, because it seems like, like you pray against these things and then they happen. And then you pray against it again and then they happen. And then you pray against it another time, louder, more ferociously. And then they happen again. And so he's like, does it, does it work? And these questions, I've, I've heard them before. They're usually suggestive of a deeper question. They're usually suggestive of, is God even there or does God even care? And I answered him in, in a way that, I don't know, probably didn't really satisfy him very much. I, I tried to give him the best answer that I could, but I don't know everything, you know. I don't know why God does what he does. I don't know why God stands back when he stands back. I don't know why God allows certain things to happen. There is a limit to what we understand about God. And, and that is one piece of, of, of advice that I would give anybody who is still kind of, you know, newer in their faith. Maybe you haven't developed that deep relationship with God yet. You have to understand this. To truly understand God means knowing you will not always understand God. I want you to get that in your head. The more you, the more you get to know God, the more you realize how much of God you do not know and cannot know about him. And people don't like that because we like to understand things. We, 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 we shy away from things that we don't understand. We shy away from conversations and topics and books. And I'm not going to read that book. I'm not, I'm just going to go over my head. We, we avoid things that we don't understand and it makes us uncomfortable. But to know God, to have faith in God means not always understanding him. The way that God works in your life will many times make you ask questions and scratch your head and be like, God, straight up, like, this is crazy. I don't understand what you're doing. I don't understand it. You have to understand that. You have to understand. To understand God means you're not always going to understand him. And I know that is a problem for so many people. It's a problem for the world. It might even be a problem for some new Christians who are trying to, to get everything they can to know about God but you can't know everything about God. It's like people want God to be big enough to where he can solve their problems, but small enough to where they can understand him. But if we look at scripture, the men and the women that God honors were those who believed God despite not understanding what God was doing. That is the key difference between belief and faith. A lot of times we think belief in God is the same as faith in God. It's not. It's not. Most of the world has a belief in God. Many people will believe in, in, in some type of God. You can, believe, you can believe that God is there even though you can't see him. Faith is different. Faith is putting that belief into action. 
Faith is knowing that God is working even when you don't feel him working, when you don't see him working. It's knowing that God loves you in a world that says, I hate you. It's knowing, it's knowing that when God calls you to something, even though you don't know where you're going, you don't have all the answers, you're going to go there. You're going to put your faith behind the belief. Faith is so much deeper than belief. Because with belief, at least you have some type of understanding. You know, I can believe in God because I can see the world, I can see the universe, and I can logically conclude, well, if there is something rather than nothing, well, then there must be something that created this something. Therefore, my belief in God, I, I can believe in, in something that I don't see because of something that I do see. But faith is different. What is faith? It is the assurance of things that you cannot see. You don't see it. So faith doesn't always come with that understanding. It doesn't come with the logic because it's not predicated on what you see. And so when we're talking about the goodness of God, you can't look at the world and say, wow, look at, look at how much moral goodness is in the world. There must be a morally good God because you don't see that in the world. We don't, we don't see good people. We see evil, we see hatred, we see jealousy, we see, we see murder, we see rape, we see the most evil things. I can't conclude because of what I see in the world, there must be a morally good God. So my faith in God's moral perfection comes in what I have not seen with my own eyes. That's faith. That's faith. And sadly, that's a step that not many people are willing to take because it requires a lack of of understanding. And I believe God is just asking that question this morning. What are you trying to understand about me that is impossible? What are you trying to figure out before you move? I've told you where to go. That's all you need. I've told you what to do. That's all you need. Stop trying to figure me out. Stop trying to understand the, un, the, the, the ununderstandable, the incomprehensible. <laughs> there it is. Stop trying to understand a God who does not always come with understanding. But in order to get there, to have that faith, to have that peace that God is good in the meets of evil, you have to have depth in your relationship. You have to have depth in your relationship. You can't have a surface level Christianity. You can't because God is going to call you to go deeper and you're going to ask, well, God, what's over there? I can't see that far. I can't see underwater. I got my contacts. I can't. What's what's over there that you want me to go to? Do, do I get a lifeboat? Do I get a life vest? Do I, what do I get? And God's like, just 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 go. Just go. And so in order to get there, you have to have depth. You have to have depth in your relationship with God. And I believe so many people come to church. That's all they do. They come to church. They come to church. The only time you read your Bible is on a Sunday. On the screen. You need to have your Bible with you. There's got to be depth. There's got to be depth because these are, these are situa- things Things are going to come into your life. Your, your foundation is going to be shaken. It doesn't matter what foundation you're on. It doesn't matter what foundation you're on. You're going, to, you're going to feel it shake. But if your foundation isn't Christ, who is able to withstand every storm, 
you're going you're gonna to fall, you're going to crumble. And if you fall and you crumble, your family will fall and crumble. Your children will fall and crumble. Because you have not allowed yourself to go deeper with God. You've got to have depth. Because these, to deal with these types of questions, that, that's the only way to make it through. That is the only, I remember there was, a, there was a period in my life where I was doubting, I was doubting the goodness of God. I was, I mean, I was looking at, at I was looking at things like this, just evil in the world. And I was like, God, I, I just, I don't, I believe in you, but I'm starting to lose my faith in you. I believe that you're there, but I'm not really sure if who you are is what I have always believed. Because I've, I've been told that you're good. I repeat it at church. When they say God is good, I say all the time. I know it. It's a mantra in our church. But because there was no depth, I hadn't experienced it. You have to experience the goodness of God to know that he's good. You have to experience it. You can't just be told it. Religion's not going to do it. Hearing the pastor say it, my words will mean nothing in the wake of the most traumatic event that takes place into your life unless you've experienced God firsthand. And this is why you can have a, a mother who loses her child and is still praising God because she has had depth. She's gone deep in her relationship with God. God is her, is her energy. God is what sustains her. And you can have another who when something falls away, that's what they have made their treasure. I believe that this is what Job had. Job had faith in God even though he didn't understand what he was passing through. He didn't get it. He didn't get it. I, I mean, goodness, I would hate to be Job. And I pray it, God, don't ever do that experiment with me. Please, just look into the future, see how I would react. Don't make me go through it. <laughs> but Job's reality, what, what, what he was seeing with his eyes, it was evil being brought to his doorstep. Job was in the worst season of his life. In chapter one, we, we hear about his children being taken away from him. His wealth gone, depleted, and now he's suffering in physical turmoil. That's what he sees. This is what the world sees, right? The world looks and, and watches the news, and it, it sees pain, and it sees suffering, it sees cancer, disease, L.A. Lakers, right? The worst of the worst. It was too quiet in here. <laughs> That's what the world sees. The world sees the evil. We see, what's worse, we see evil being poured out onto innocent children. And because of what we see, we begin to doubt what we don't see. We don't always see the goodness of God. Most of the times we see the evil of man. This is why faith is important. And, and Hebrews 11 uh, verse 6 says, and without faith it is what? Impossible. To please him, for whoever would draw near to him must believe that he exists, but wait, there's more, and believe that he rewards those who seek him. To have faith in God, you have to believe that he rewards those who seek him. Hold on, God, what rewards? What you talking about? I, I can believe in God, but believe that you reward me when I seek him with what? With anxiety? With stress? With sickness? 
with poverty that I see all over the world, I don't see rewards. And so the less I see, the less I believe. That's the world's perspective. That's what the world says. How can God be good if what I'm going through isn't good? But as Christians, as mature men and women of faith, those who have gone deeper, we know that the rewards come daily in the form of his love and his grace and his peace and his provision. It might not be the amount that I want. It might not be the type of house that I wanted, the type of car that I wanted, or the outcome that I was praying for. It might not be the gas prices that I wanted, but I know that God is good and that he is working even when I don't see it with my eyes. That's faith. That's faith. And that's the faith that the church needs to live in and step into. I believe Job's wife, I believe she serves as a very good representation of a faithless world. Not an unbelieving world, a faithless world. Meaning you can believe and still not have faith. But God doesn't just want you to believe that he exists. What does the word say? Even even the demons know I exist. He wants you to put your faith in him. This is what Job's wife let go of, if she ever had it. She tells her husband, curse God and die. Curse God and die. Now, those are like evil words, right? Like if my wife ever told me that, like I'd be casting out the spirit of Jezebel in Jesus' name. Right? I mean, we look at Job's wife and we're like, ugh, how, how dare he, like how could he have married her, Right? But hear me out. Hear me out. I don't think she was speaking out of evil. I think she was speaking out of hurt. She was speaking out of pain. We we don't realize that because this is the book of Job. It's not the book of Job's wife. But Job's wife lost the same thing that Job lost. She's just dealing with it differently. This, This is a hurting woman. This is a mourning mother and and now she's witnessing a dying husband she's got no sons to take care of her she's got no husband to take care of her she's got no wealth left to her what do i what do i have my children have died my 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 father's about to die if they die well that's it for me what do i have and and yet she's hearing her husband say blessed be the name of the lord Sometimes the level of faith you have will annoy the heck out of somebody else who don't have that faith that you have. They will ugh all over you, right? They will tell you how crazy you you are. That, That level of faith, most people don't understand. They don't understand. And Job's wife, she believes in God, but she's no longer showing faith in God. She's losing her faith. That's what losing your faith looks like. You don't just wake up one day saying, you know what, I don't believe God in you. I don't believe he's there. No, you, you begin to lose who you thought God was. You're losing faith in him. Like a wife who can lose faith in, in her husband if he just stops caring to provide. If he just stops caring to show love. 
I mean, you're, you're my husband, but I'm losing faith in you. I'm, I'm, I'm losing faith in your ability to provide. I'm, I'm losing faith in your ability to show love to your family. That, that, that's how it happens with God. You begin to lose faith in his goodness when your situation is not good. You begin to lose faith that he is Jehovah Jireh when you're negative in your bank account. You, be, you begin to lose faith in his ability to heal in moments of sickness. You still believe in God, but God, I'm losing faith in you. And that's where the world stands with God. It's not so much an unbelieving world, it's a faithless world. Because they, they don't know the God that I know. They don't, they don't know him in a, in, in a deep way that I know him. Job was on a different level of his, than his wife. I praise God for that. Because these days, if we're honest, it's the other way around, fellas. The priestess are, are the one holding it down in the homes. Job is still hanging on. He's still saying, blessed be the name of the Lord. I'm, I'm here suffering. My, my children just died. But you know what? Blessed be the name of the Lord who gives and takes away. He's still counting his blessings, man. He's, well, I mean, I, at least I got air to breathe, you know. He still hasn't given up his faith, even though he doesn't understand why he's going through what he's going through. Not everybody's going to have that level of relationship with God. And there's going to be people in your life who, who question why you still go to church, why you still worship. How can you, st- how can you lift up your hands? You know what, 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 what that represents? You know what lifting your hands represents? It represents victory. This is, that's victory. That's where it comes from. When you lift up your hands, you are declaring victory. Aren't you broken? Aren't you getting a divorce? What's victorious about your situation? This is my faith in God. Holding me up, sustaining me. That's been my prayer this week. My prayer this week was, was God, this community in Uvalde, they went into a battle and evil won. Evil won that battle. And sometimes evil will win the battle. It will defeat you for a moment. But I know that God, he doesn't just fight our battles. He fights the war. And the war, the war is, is victorious in God. From, from, it, it, was, it was set that way from the beginning of time. God will triumph over evil. But so many times when we're in the battle, we don't see outside of it. We just see the loss. And so my, my prayer was, God, remind this community, remind these, these parents, remind them that there is still victory in you. And I know that it, 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 it might even sound insensitive for me who, is not ex, who didn't experience what they experienced to say that, but 
But that's what we have of Job. He's declaring the victories of God. He still has his faith in the goodness of God. God, you know. You know what I don't know. And I hate that I'm going through this. I wish I hadn't experienced this. I wish evil didn't have its, its way. But I know that you are sovereign. I know that you are in control. That's why they say no God is to know peace. When you know God, you know peace. The word says that he will give you peace that surpasses all understanding. All right? (laughs) Which is just crazy because you, you don't, first you have to realize that you don't understand God to get to the peace that you won't understand. You have to get to a level of faith where I don't, I don't know what this looks like. I don't know what you're putting me through. I, I, don't, I don't know where I'm going, but I'm going to trust you. And you get to that place where you receive a peace where you're like, you know what? I don't understand why I have peace and what I'm going through. I, I, I don't understand this overwhelming amount of peace when I should be feeling chaos and struggle and stress and anxiety. I don't understand it, but I think I got there because I put my faith in you, even though I don't understand you. You have to go, you have to go deeper, man. I'm getting ready to to wrap up. I have the worship team come up. I don't know why certain things happen the way they do, man. I, I, I don't, I don't know why certain prayers don't always get answered. I also think in times of tragedy or, or, or sorrow or trouble, you know, we, we try to understand. And, and in our attempt to understand, we over-spiritualize sometimes. <laughs> we over-spiritualize sometimes. And I, I just want to leave you with this simple fact. You know, sometimes we're just going to go through stuff. We're just going to go through life. And there's nothing that we can do about it except know that God walks with the righteous. God will walk with the righteous. And when he walks with the righteous, understand that he walks with you through all types of terrain. I know we want it to be the green pastures all the time. Lead me by green pastures, beautiful waters, where there's a plentiful resources. But sometimes God is going to walk with you in, in the storm. He's going to walk with you through the mud. He's going to walk with you through, through the thorns. But he's walking with you. You're not alone. You're not in the storms by yourself. You're not in the deep end by yourself. He's with you. Sometimes you're not even going to be walking. You're going to be crawling because you don't have the strength to walk. But he's with you. And his promise says, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I will never leave you. And I will never forsake you. I may step back. I may let go. But I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. 
So I, I, I just want to encourage you with that today because I, I know that in the wake of everything that happened this past week, it's easy to question. It's easy to doubt. It's easy to wonder, God, are you even there? Are you even good? Do you even care? But he's with you. And I want to pray that, that your daily prayer would be like the psalmist. Even though morning comes through the night, there will be joy in the morning. There will be. Somebody say that this morning. There will be. There will be joy in the morning. There will be peace in the morning. You can't know what peace is until you know what chaos is. You can't know what love is until you know what a hateful world does. You can't know what strength is until you know what it is to be depleted. And so I believe that in every moment of evil, God can turn it around for something good. He can turn it around for something good. And this morning, I want us to, I want us to pray. I want us to pray for, for these families. I want us to pray for people who are maybe, maybe not even directly affected but by it, but they're asking those types of questions. To pray for this coworker, to, to pray for people that are struggling with knowing if God is even there, if God even cares, because he does. He does. And I wish so badly that people would experience the goodness of God that I've experienced. I haven't experienced every good moment. I experience pain. I experience emotional pain. I experience way too many stuff that I wish I didn't have to experience. But I've also experienced the goodness of God. And I, I, I'm a standing testimony that he is what sustains me sometimes. Like he is what sustains me. There's, there's days where I'm like, God, I just, I want to quit. I want to give up. Like I just, it, it would be easier. Sometimes it's like, God, it would be easier to not even, not even have to go through the struggle of serving you because sometimes serving God is a struggle, but his goodness is what sustains. And my prayer is that people would just know that people would experience that. So if we could stand. Lord, my my soul this morning says that you are good. It declares that you are good. In moments that I don't understand, my God, in moments of of evil, Father, in moments where, where the battle of evil wins, I know that you still have the victory. I know that you still have all the power. I I know that that goodness is only found in you, my God. Remind us this morning, Father. Remind us this morning. Remind us of your love, my God. Remind us of your kindness, Father God, that sometimes we question. And let us find you when we go deeper. Let us find you when we go deeper. If anybody needs prayer this morning, come forward. 
come forward if you need prayer this morning. Don't be ashamed if you, if you are in need of something. Thanks for listening. If you'd like some more information on Numa Church, visit us on our website at mynumachurch.org. If you enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe or share it with your friends on social media and tag us at mynumachurch. Thanks again and God bless.